When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome, welcome back to another good episode of the Only One Ravens podcast. I'm your host here, King Pope. I got my co-host here, Mr. JB. And I also up, got a world? special guest tonight, my man Dell, who's a big Ravens fan too. We got a lot to get into tonight. So welcome, Dell. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome. Appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to speak on this uh, the Ravens team. So yesterday, guys. We played the Seahawks, and we came out victorious with a 37-3 victory. Very dominant type of game. Um, I ain't going to hold you, JB. I got some issues. And I, I know a win is a win. I, I got issues. You would. I figured you would. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. issues because certain people, I, I just don't like what I see. But, I mean, we're going to get into that. So I hope you speak on Ronnie Stanley. Oh, we gonna get oh listen, God. listen, listen. We gonna get there, baby. We gonna get there. So I think where I want to start at is I gotta start with where we gotta give the most respect to you guys, and I gotta start with the defense because defense. the defense is on a different type of level right now. Um, Mike McDonald has this defense firing all cylinders, guys, and. The way they play in football today is scary good. To the point where, though, you got the media saying that the Ravens' defense is looking like that 2000 defense. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to push the envelope to that to that extreme because I believe that that 2000 defense, just they were just different. I mean, they had shutouts. They had, they had a lot of great yeah. 
Yeah, they had a lot of great players on that defense. But I'm not going to shy away from this defense because I believe this defense is still good. So what I seen yesterday was pure dominance. I seen a, a defense that just suffocated an offense that, to me, legitimately was a good offense, but they, mm-hmm. they just, in their mindset, they felt like they were going to control the game from start to finish. And I appreciated that because the week before that, when they played the Cardinals, they didn't play suffocating defense like they played yesterday. And, and for the first time this season, guys, I've seen the Ravens defense play 60 minutes. And, it, and, and to see them play 60 minutes made me feel good because finally what I've been asking for out of, out of the team, they finally turned on and, and did it. And when you play 60 minutes of football, this is the results that you get. So I want to let you guys chime in uh, and, and let me know how you felt about the defense yesterday. All right, well, I, I, I guess I'll start. Um, I'm going to mirror everything that you said, P. Like, you know, right now there are talks about this defense um, reminiscent of the 2000 defense. Um I wouldn't go that far just yet, being that this is only what like week nine coming up on well, I think week ten of the of the season. Um, but uh, with that being said, our defense is putting up some um pretty impressive numbers. Like I, I know, hold on, I have to go back and pull it up. But I think right now, um the Ravens are um, a plus 115 um, as far as points points for and points against. Um, I believe the next closest team to us may be Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm going to go pull this up right now. Um, our, um, the Baltimore Ravens are a plus 115. Uh, I think the closest the next closest team to us looks like the 49ers. They are plus 78. Uh, no, Buffalo's a plus 80, but Buffalo just took it out last night. Um, yeah, so like Kansas City is a plus 65. Philly is plus 52. Dallas is plus 70. Um, 72. So that, that kind of gives you an idea of what this defense is able to do. When you know, I, I think back to when I was watching the game yesterday, and one of the announcers said that I think at the end of the first half, we held them to like 89 total offensive yards, which is remarkable in today's game where, you know, every every quarterback is just slinging the ball down the field. And, and I think um, that is a tribute to, like, right now we have like two to three dogs on each level of that defense. Um, right now, Michael Pierce is, um, is playing really well. He's come on, um, joined – Almost at the hip with um with uh Meta Beacon. you know, like those two guys are playing real well off um, uh, together, and because of that, because they are able to establish that pressure up the middle, um and and contain uh the, the linemen from getting to that second level, um that it that frees up Roquan and. Uh, and PQ to roam sideline to sideline. Um, P, you mentioned earlier off off air that um, uh, a, a specific team that that's coming up that we getting ready to play Sunday um, 
their their linebackers go side to sideline, right? Which is true, but I don't think anybody um, is doing that as well as our tandem with PQ and um, <clears throat> and Roquan, right? So then you um, you peel back the layers some more and you start digging into the to, to the um, to the secondary. So and before I do that, then hey, man, I, you gotta stop sleeping on teams linebackers, dog. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Stop listen, though. listen. I'm, I said, I'm not. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you. I feel you the exactly. homeless spirit in you. I understand how you feel about PQ and them, uh-huh. but I respect the Browns linebackers, dog. They're no, fast. I'm not cool. saying. I'm. I'm not saying that I don't respect them. I'm saying, uh, based on the numbers right now, the Ravens' defense are just playing lights out. Do they have the potential to um, get close to that 2000? Um, defense. Uh, I'm not really sure. I would. I would say I doubt that. But you can't deny that our defense is playing very well. And I think that was the missing element um, for the past few years when uh, when uh, Lamar Jackson would give us this these two and three touchdown leads. It was our defense who was always faltering and 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 giving up the 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 tie and score or the go ahead. Um, touchdown. So I, I think that plays a part as to why this um, current Baltimore Ravens team is playing so dominant. I mean, yeah. the Browns won 27-0 yesterday. They ain't giving no points. Their defense is freaking amazing, man. I cannot overlook the Browns' defense. I just – their defense nah. is really good. Right. And, and Based on based on who, P? Based on I mean, who? They they have they have they have guys on the back end and on the front end, bro. Yeah. But yeah, none of that works if Miles Garrett is not going. But but you, you gotta respect right. that corner. You gotta respect yeah, no, that no, no, you, you, you gotta respect it. You, you gotta the 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 uh, reason why the the um their corners are able to pin their ears back and and really play like the dogs that they are is because Miles Garrett is getting so much pressure. Um on the on the on the other team's quarterback. And if he's not getting it, then he's drawing the double team, which enables somebody else. So the the quarterback other team's quarterback doesn't really have time to throw the ball. And if they do it, they're gonna throw it with haste, which means the their their Cleveland secondary is benefiting off of that. Since same way with here, but I just think it's it's more dominant. So like like Dell, like I know I know you new to the part. Like anything you, you want to add, my bro? So yeah, I just wanna, uh, yeah, man. I, I wanna uh, say this. I, I also believe that those Browns linebackers are just kind of, kind of really speedy guys, man. And then I say, like what you said about Miles Garrett. If he's not going, then the Browns defense does not look like the Browns defense that we know. Um, he does draw those double teams, allows for you know those other guys to get open up and free, and then they have a lot of talent on that D line that can you know, give a repertoire, pass rush moves, and, you know, um, get, do a, b- a bunch of stunts that allow them to get free. But if you look at their team composition, they got a lot of lengthy guys. Like, if you look at their corners, they got a, a lot of lengthy guys that, you know, can get some pass deflections, even if they're not mm-hmm. pinning their ears and, uh, you know, all eyes on the quarterback in the backfield. So you just look at that defense and you say, yeah, you know, our tandem, I feel like our tandem is one of the best sideline to sidelines, but these Browns guys can run too. So I just wouldn't take my eyes off of them. You know, I, I would keep a look at Joker. He's been a guy that I've, yeah. I've been on heavy when he first yeah. came out. 
if you just look at his speed and his length combo, he's wrapping guys up. Like, if he gets to you, you're wrapped up. And it was really, it was really noticeable in the first meet. Uh, before, um, before we actually, uh, I believe it was, gosh, I think this was before Chubb was hurt. Before Chubb got hurt, mm-hmm. he was just sideline to sideline, wrapping everybody up, and he was all over the, every play. So, you know, just looking at that, that's something that I'm I'm not looking forward to just Sunday. But back to what, you know, we you guys started a conversation off with, uh, our defense. I just really love, like you said, how um, Pierce and Matt Abike are playing together. Like, they really mm-hmm. allow uh, Roquan and, and Queen to, to get going. And I felt like that was our biggest problem on defense last year. It yeah. wasn't the fact that we didn't have the playmakers because we had the playmakers in the position. We've always had them. That's how the Ravens defense is. That's how our establishment is. We're, we're here to put players in the position to make plays. It doesn't matter what your round is. It doesn't matter what you your you know your status is or your height, anything. We're going to put playmakers in the position to make plays. Like we got Pepe Williams, I believe, no bigger than, what, 5'11", 6 foot. This guy was – in the slot position coming off a rookie year. That's a lot of trust in a rookie to be, you know, inserted in that position in a slot where that's like one of the right. toughest positions in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. So right. you know, just looking at that, being able, and then the thing I say is we have a revolving door that we can always, you know, just inter swap. And that's the biggest thing that we can look at this year. You got range, you got so much more range now yeah. that you can move sideline to sideline that you can put these chess pieces in the spot to make plays. Like, I love how Mike Madonna is just, you know, he's just able to take Kyle Hamilton and put him in positions where maybe he's lined up with a tight end or the next play he may be on a running back, and he's able to efficiently guard those guys. And then you have other positions where you have maybe a a safety that has a little bit more range than Kyle Hamilton because, I mean, you know, Kyle Hamilton's biggest knock coming out was he was slow, flat-footed, you know, wasn't able to change directions really quickly. So you got a guy in Marcus Williams. You got a guy in Geno Stone who's been balling. And the crazy thing is everyone raved on him when he first came out. Didn't get no playing time. People were getting playing time over him. Now this guy's out here balling. And they even had our Darius Washington over Geno Stone, I believe, at the beginning of the year. So just to see him step up and be able to make plays in that position and you looking at him, the way a lot of his interceptions are coming from just sitting back, reading, and making reading plays. and reacting, yep. Yeah. Reading and reacting. That's the easiest thing for our, our defense right there, to not allow guys to, you know, have to do too much communication with each other. You got Roquan in the center of that defense. He's communicating to Queen, bro. If you see that every game, they're chatting, like, back and forth. They're just, hey, this guy, I got him. I got your guy. You know, that's that's something that we really needed in the center of that defense to help, you know, solidify it and allow these playmakers that we have on the back end to go ahead and read and feel comfortable that they're, you know, they're knowing that every assignment is sound safe. So, you know, that's just the biggest thing I I really love uh, looking at Sunday's game, that we're able to see a lot of more of the, the, the defensive chess match and also just throwing this nugget in there, man. That Kyle Hamilton almost got the pick six. I, I jumped out of my seat. You just look at this guy, man. He's he's so exciting to watch on the field. He just he's able to help our run defense, which I which I agree um, with our edge rushers that we have in Oway and 
um, Ajabo and Clowney. Um, those guys, you know, they set the edge, but, you know, we, we, we still see a little bit of struggle when we face those better teams with those tackles. Uh, you know, granted that we're playing the Browns next week and they don't have their top two tackles, so I think that's an advantage for us, actually. I really want to uh, center on that, the, the fact that they don't have those starting two tackles. We're going to be able to get a little bit more contained. We're going to be able to get a little bit more pressure, I feel, just uh, Jadavion and Clowney coming off the edge. And if not, you know, you always don't have to get to the quarterback. He he had a couple – we had a couple deflections on Geno last week, and Geno is not no small guy in the pocket. So you got, what, 6'4", Deshaun Watson in there. I think I, we can see a couple, uh, you know, QB pressures or a couple deflections uh, this week. Yeah, I was um, truly impressed with what the defense did <clears throat> um, from the D-line to the linebackers to the safeties and the corners. Um, I think Kyle Hamilton has, has came into himself. Um, I think the next level for him will be even better once they get Marcus Williams back out there because Marcus Williams will be able to cover the back end so much more. Not to say Geno is not, but it's just Marcus is so savvy back there where so he's just he's elite when it comes mm-hmm. to being back there. Mm-hmm. And his elite talent uh, will allow for Kyle to be able to do more things and be more better. things. Yeah. Right. So and not to say, so- and I'm not dogging Gino. I'm just saying that it's a different level between Gino and Marcus. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know it, you know it, you know right. what I'm saying? But so, yeah. So, so here's, here's my thing. And, and, and I, I guess I could just put this out there as, as a question. When Marcus Williams eventually comes back, like you, you have to play all three of those guys at their safety position. Like there's no way that you can go away from it. So my 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 thing is, uh, my my question rather is, since we run in a lot of zone, like are we like, are we or should we try to run like a a, a three deep safety type of zone combination? And I, and I don't really know how that would work and who would be off the field at what time. But I I think the 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 success that Geno Stone is having just just as a period defensive player, like like not even as safety because <clears throat> we, we're playing so well at the other levels that he really doesn't have to cover much. But um like you said, Pete, Marcus Williams is that 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 better cover safety. So like do we get to a point where we um where we play all three guys at their safety position and have them on the field at the same time? So the Seahawks do that. The Steel, the Seahawks have yeah, three. I know. They have three safeties, and they yeah, use all three of them. So, and if you notice, they use it in a way where though one of them can can be like your Roman guy. He your could Roma, play. Yep. He could play your linebacker and your, and, and your yeah whatever position. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So the way you do it is you make Kyle Hamilton your Roma guy. So your Kyle Hamilton will be your Jamal Adams, like yeah. how it is for yeah. the Seahawks. You know, he, he, he's basically already doing that. Like that's just not his specific job, right? So, yeah, so you, would, that's how yeah, you're able to, to see that. Yeah. So yeah. that's how you're able to put all three of them on the field together because you can take you really could take Arthur Millette off the field and and bring in and let your three safeties play. You know what I mean? Because Kyle can play; he can play slot. You know what I'm saying, and it's okay to put him in the slot if you have to to run your three safety sets. You know what I'm saying if you wanted to yeah. do it. 
I don't yep. know if they're gonna That's do a, it as much. Yeah, I but know. I know they might try mm. it. But I don't know if they're gonna do it as much. They just might be more interchangeable. They just might have different sets for each guy. You know what I mean? You see, might see yeah. you might see Gino and Marcus out there together. Or you might see Gino with you know Kyle or Kyle and Marcus. Yeah. I just think they're gonna yeah, run the, sets. Yeah. The, the the only issue that I have with that is, especially playing at that safety position, you. You, you get more in tune to the game the more that you're out there. So if you only coming in for certain packages or certain certain downs or, or, or whatever, then that that um not uh cohesive, what is the um, like that that fluidity is is it it, it would be a little disrupted. Well, like, you I know don't, what I'm saying? I get what you're exactly. saying, but I don't think it's gonna be too much of a problem because the way the Ravens' schedule is set up right now, they got to play the Bengals, which is a three-wide receiver set team, so you're probably going to see them out there. They got to still play the 49ers, which is another good passing team. Then you got the Chargers, and you got Jacksonville, and you got Miami. So, like, four of your last, what, eight games are, like, against good receiving teams. So you're going to – I think the Ravens are going to be able to play your three sets of safeties out there a lot because these teams that they're going to play against are going to pass the football. So you want to have as much coverage as you want out there. So I don't think it's going to be affected. I, th- I, I, I think Marcus brings more excitement to the defense because of his skill level. Like, his skill mm-hmm. level is just – it's just unmatched. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think – that his skill level just makes it a lot easier for other people. Like you really could just leave Marcus in the back end and just let him roam back there yep. and, and shut yep. shit down. And then you can have Gino and Kyle do everything else. You know what I mean? Because Marcus is so smart on the back end that I would rather just let him stay deep and do what he do best. He don't even have to make tackles. He could just stay back there and do what he do. I mean, but I mean, Mike McDonald gonna figure that out. I'm not too much worried about that. I think he gonna have the way Mike McCallum right now. I'm I'm pretty yeah. confident that Mike's gonna figure this out. So I'm not really yeah. worried about that. Yeah. I think Mike got that under control. I will say I this though. I I think you know with that three safety set. Um, I think obviously you know it's gonna put a little bit more stress on the run game and run support because you got uh three safeties out there and an undersized linebacker and Patrick Queen and then. If you're expecting to put Stone out there, he's a little bit undersized as a safety as well. But, um, you know, with the communication, that's the biggest thing. We didn't have that communication. We didn't have that last year to where we could put the three safeties on the field and trust that we have the run support. That's what we were getting gashed at, those big plays on third down, those, you know, short runs or, you know, getting just the non-communication on those downs, the pivotal downs. Those were what killed us last year. The Miami game. Yeah, that was literally exactly what what I was talking about. The communication in in the second level, because there's Mm -hmm. not, you know, an understanding. And then you got a rookie. You got a rookie talking to corners. There's no alpha dog. And you get put that alpha dog on the field that, you know, you hear that voice and you recognize that voice. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, you just in general, you got to think of it as a human aspect as well. When you're talking, you know, you there's sometimes you hear people and you may, you know, hear them, but you may not, you know, it may not click with you. But you put right. that alpha dog in the field and he's saying something, it's like you you chirp up, you hear what he's saying. So that communication level, I think it just it really allows Mike uh, McDonald's defense to do a lot more than they Absolutely. were capable of last year. Absolutely. So, so let me ask y'all a quick question. Ahead, How do y'all feel about old man Vagnoy? He he's been balling, man. 
He, he came, he came right in and 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 just balled out, man. Like, and the 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 defense has to appreciate that. Like, he he came he came right in. Like, I because I because I was like like who's I mean I knew who he was. I I just didn't really recognize his face. Like all all like that. I'm like, who's this dude doing interviews every week? I'm like, oh, that's 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 Kyle Van Noy. Um, but I, I go back to 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 what Dell said, like you that 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 uh, leadership role on um, on the defense. I, I think that is absolutely one hundred percent Roquan Smith. Like he he is almost. I'm not gonna put him on that level of Ray Lewis yet, but he he is the embodiment of what Ray Lewis was on on defense. Like he 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 has become that vocal leader on that on that side of the ball. And you got to remember that was it like, wasn't it like this time last year that the Ravens actually brought him in? So he, you know, so he didn't, um, he only had a half a season on his belt and now he has uh, a total of a full season and he, and he's just playing lights out. Like he, like if you watch him play, like he, he's telling the, the, um, the defensive tackles what to do. He's telling Kyle um, Hamilton and, and Van Noy and those guys like where to go and what gap to shoot. Like he, like he's become a field general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roquan has definitely been a, a major piece to this team. As since since he's came on his team, um, I'm very impressed with what he's been doing. Uh, I think last year we got Roquan like around November last year because I believe he came when we played the Saints. Saints, right? But yeah, we played the Saints last year. I think it was like November the seventh, if I'm not mistaken, last year because that was a Monday night game because I was at that game. So I think that was his first initial game. So that yeah, you about right. He it's about right. He came. This is about a year time since when he came with us. Um. So yeah, I mean, defensively, I was like I said, I was very impressed, and uh, I appreciated what they played. So now I'm gonna switch over to um, the offense. To the, to the offense, and <laughs> um, uh, I like what I've seen out of Keaton. I think um, I think John Harbaugh waited too long to play the kid. Speak I believe that it. the kid should have been playing. Um, Speak on it. Kind of like I said, I kind of tired of the Justice Hill experience. It seemed at, Justice Hill does not ha- know how to run the mesh play, and I think that is that's why they keep fumbling. He don't know how to run the mesh play at all. I just think that. I mean, I was listening to the radio earlier today, and they were saying that um, it's it could have been a situation where it just he just catching bad luck. Ah, no, I don't believe that because every time Gus is in there running the mesh play, we don't have no issues with fumbling. Right. It's right. Justice Hill. Justice Hill is bad when it comes to that play. Put Key Mitchell in there, let the kid be your your speed guy, and Justice Hill. You could just bring him in there sp- sporadically. I just, I'm kind of that experience for me is kind of past, and you can see the difference between when Keaton's in there to when Justice in there. The kid has more burst in his legs. He can break away from tackles. His movement, his vision, ability, all of that is is well known, and you see it when it was on there on the field. You know what I mean? They were just way more explosive with him in the backfield. And just think about the ability of the way Lamar can run with Keaton. Those two guys together back there, man, it's like pick your poison because those two Ooh. guys, are, they're both going to be dangerous. Yeah. You know what Once I'm saying? Once they get clicking. 
And like I said to you last week, JB, when we talked about some of our keys, I said the biggest thing for me I said was Lamar is going to have to use his legs more this week because, like I said, their secondary, I mean, I was very still impressed with the Seahawks' secondary yesterday. They didn't, I mean, their secondary played well to me. It's just their front seven. Their front seven were poor. Their D-line, their linebackers, they were poor. You know what I mean? But their secondary still held up to me, and they played well. And you could see it because at times Lamar had to use his legs, and he just had to get out of there and did what he did, which I figured that's what he was going to have to do because in order for the offense to to, to move well, I thought he was going to have to do that. And he did that. He had like 60 yards rushing. So I expected him to run more yesterday than normal just because of the fact that that secondary is very impressive and they're pretty good when it comes to that. So I knew that was going to happen. But the run game was where they had to win the football game yesterday, and they and they did that. They they played well. Now, when it comes to my issues, my issue is Ronnie Stanley, because Ronnie Stanley is the weakest. I'm he got to be the weakest offensive lineman that we got right now. Preach and preach. The media is still killing Lamar Jackson for the fumbles, but if you want to be completely honest, that that's the fumble. That strip fumble was on Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, just like the strip fumble against the Steelers was on Ronnie Stanley. Like, I'm sorry, man. I, I can't. It's hard for me to put the strip sack fumbles on Lamar when your when your left tackle, who you pay a hundred million dollars to, can't hold up. Now, don't get me wrong, boy. Mafe is a great pass rusher. He's good. He's got like I think he's got like six sacks or something in the league. So he's he's been playing well. But Ronnie Stanley, I pay you a hundred million dollars to hold up and protect my quarterback. And I seen Ronnie Stanley on his back yesterday. He gave him a strip sack. I'm just not seeing the same Ronnie Stanley that we kicked out this money to. And I'm on, and I'm in the, at the point right now where I believe that in this offseason, we're gonna have to make a real decision about Ronnie Stanley. Mm, I just don't yeah, think he's the same. I was going there. I wanted to go there. Yeah. I don't think he's the same player that we've had over the course of time. So I'm 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 really just saying to myself, like it might be. It might be the time to say we might have to move on with Ronnie Stanley and mm-hmm. get what we can get and cut our losses because I just feel like the longer this goes on, the worse it can really get. So, like, I just – I don't know. I, Ronnie Stanley is a weakness in that offensive line for me right now. But, I mean, I'll let you guys try, man. I mean, so everything you said is, is spot on. Like, I, I, I brought it up because – <laughs> like that, th- that is exactly what you see. Like if if the guy is not um, giving up um, strip sack fumbles, um, then he's committing uh, um, a, a penalty. You know what I mean? And this is week after week after week. You know what I mean? So we and I I I've said on this pod many a times that um, I wasn't too high on him coming out of college. Uh, I kind of thought that he was slightly overrated, um, but the, the Ravens went after him none, nonetheless. And now you see what you got. I, I think in years past, be, because he's been injured, like I, I think that the Ravens may not have had a fair assessment on him. But like dog, like this, this is 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 too many times, too many games, too many seasons where Ronnie Stanley is just doing the same thing. <clears throat> you know, like and like you said, P. Like it's it's unfair to continue to put a, a strip sack fumble um, fumble loss um, on uh, Lamar when he clearly can't see 
what's going on. And, you know, you can make the argument that he probably is supposed to feel that um, quicker, feel that pressure quicker, pause, um, than what he is. But Ronnie Stanley, like like you said, they, they gave him all his money and he got to go out there and play like the, the money that he's earning. So uh, I think during this offseason, they're going to have to have some type of talk. Like, are you going to move on from this guy? Because like this morning, I was already thinking we should just go ahead and move on from from Ronnie Staley in the offseason. But the, the Ravens don't like to do that. The Ravens kind of stay loyal until you don't until you give them a reason to not be loyal. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, good though. Yeah, I think. Um... I think uh, Ravens is definitely a loyal team. I think with it being past the trade deadline, I definitely don't think we see any moves on Ronnie Stanley right now. I think maybe we wait to, to the off season, you know, um, give him conversation, you know, probably restructure maybe, or you know, maybe incentives. I just don't see us moving off of Ronnie Stanley right now. Like I understand he's been playing bad, what, but it, you know, he's, he's just coming off an injury. And I understand he's been doing this actually for the last couple of years. And, you know, he was, like you said, an overrated player coming out kind of. Um, but we, we took him and we seen him perform. And I feel like he's he performs like at a marginal rate. Like, you know, he has success and he's good when right. he has success. He has his moments when he's bad and, he, and it's like, you know, OK, as if any other player you would take it is the moment when they have that like a. You know, and a star player that re- receives penalties or, you know, miss assignments. So, you know, you, you look at Ronnie Stanley and you say, what well, would we have, like, what, like four or five years left maybe on the contract? Anyone could chime in? I want to say we, it might be less than that. Yeah, it, I mean, might it might be, be like three. three years. Yeah, three maybe. Three years left on the contract. Okay. So, mm, you, you definitely should have moved him before the deadline, I think. You know, we could have, you know, filled in. Um, we, I believe we have a rookie, uh, Mulata. Uh, I think he plays guard, but he played tackle coming out of uh, out of college. And I feel like he could uh, somewhat uh, fill that role in what Ronnie Stanley has. You know, we could have moved on from him. But speaking on the offense in general, um, I really think that Rashad Bateman is starting to, you know, prove doubters wrong. Uh, uh-huh. He's showing it. He can uh, definitely, you know, run these routes. I feel like yesterday we seen him had a lot of great catches, actually, and there were underrated catches. Uh, you know, he's actually attempting, you know, running routes. You know, you have a uh, bringing a rookie like that, and you, you know, first round. You know, I just think he's really out here proving that he's still willing to play for the Ravens. So I feel like that's a good point um, to look at in our offense yesterday. Uh, I also want to uh, note that Gus has just turned into a total uh, red zone touchdown machine. So that is something that we can look for into the red zone and maybe incorporating. Who, who, who was that? I'm sorry. Who was he said that? Gus. Gus. He said Gus. Oh yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. I'm and I'm. I'm gonna let you finish, but I, I think that is the part that is predictable with with the Ravens. And I, I ain't yeah. saying go away from it. I ain't saying go away and, from it, but yeah. So go ahead. And and I, I like to note that too, and the fact that I I approve of Key Mitchell usage because of the fact that a lot of the time it's predictable to see when Gus is in, and we try to run with Gus on obvious downs. 
some downs where you get shorter yardage. And, you know, Gus isn't as mobile in the receiving game. So, you know, he times are going to get as much separation. So, you know, having, uh, you know, having uh, Mitchell in, the rookie, uh, we'll be able to, you know, switch it up more, have more tempo as well, and change the speeds. I also saw something I wanted to uh, notate that someone said uh, Ravens offense is like a, a a pitcher changing speeds. And I, I like that fact because I, I noticed it. That's how it seems this year that we just change the tempo. Uh, you know, we like to space it out, spread it out, and it's working for us. So, you know, just I just think that, Having that one, two different dimension in the running back, that is the key to the Ravens offense yes. that will yes. unlock everything. If you 100%. can get the speed and power combination to a point where you're running it effectively, the offense will open up and everything will be you'll, you'll be able to convert. I just feel like this is the point in the season where we're finding everything out. And this with this maybe Mitchell, we can try and see, you know, in the next couple games or so. I don't think the Browns, I don't think the Browns is a good game to try to use as a good deal, a usage of Mitchell. But, um, you know, like you said earlier, uh, I think it was JB said, um, the edge of, uh, we're not going to outrun these guys. But, you know, if we we're able to get more effective um, zone running, uh, I feel like, we'll, you know, we'll be able to get uh, you know, at least more success in the run game to allow the offense to be similar to what we noticed when we played the Seahawks, where Lamar ran it a little bit more, but didn't have to run excessively. He only ran it when there was no other option. So I think that is the offense that we need to look for in the future. And I just want to end it on that. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, though. I, I do. Um, I think. Uh, it was nice to see Odell Beckham finally score a touchdown yesterday. Um, it, it finally got it out of his system. And now we can move on, close that chapter, and now we can actually focus on really getting our offense going. Because I felt like for weeks we were forcing it, forcing it, forcing it, forcing it because they wanted to get him to school. All right, so now we got that out of our system. All right, now let's get let's get back to business. Let's, you know, let's, let's clean it up. Get our offense rolling and, and and moving on all cylinders. I understand, you know. What I mean, it was a big thing to get it. Lamar was hyped yesterday. He scored, and they were all happy for him, and everybody was glad he scored. All right, I'm past that now. I want the offense to expand a little bit more too, because now, <clears throat> yesterday, I seen Mark get ten targets. Of course, he caught nine of them. You know what I mean? But like, you got to get Zay into that offense too. Zay only had one target yesterday. I, you got to get Zay. Which was crazy. You know what I mean? He he still needs to get his touches and his targets, too. I seen Bateman got five targets, but he only, he only had like two or three catches. I, 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 hear you with the, I hear you with the Bateman, though. I just feel like if, if, if Bateman wants to be a part of the team and he wants to get himself going, he's got to be able to come in 100%. Yeah, and he got to prove it. He got to do it every – he got to just do it every week. So, right. I get it, um, but I'm glad that Odell, like I said, got his score. So now we just got to just keep improving. I mean, you got to improve with the passing game. I said Zay got to get in the offense more. It was nice to see Isaiah likely get some catches yesterday. I was excited to see yep, that yep. because I, I felt like he should be more involved in the offense. I feel like yeah. he's a he's an actual weapon that they don't use yeah, enough. He's a dog. 
Yeah, so I just felt like yesterday was, you know, it was nice to see finally he got some touches. You know what I mean? So I um it, it's it's a lot of weaponry in this offense, but I feel like at times, you know, Todd just forgets about guys and then they just don't get their touches. Like I we gotta involve it's so many guys that we can involve in this offense to be so much dangerous that I want to give the defensive coordinator nightmares. I want him to think about when he looks at the tape, he's like, well, dang, I got to cover this guy. I got to cover this guy. I got to cover that guy. And I still got to stop Lamar with his legs. And then they run the ball well. Does Keaton doing this? And then Gus is pounding you too. Like, it has to be to a point where a defensive coordinator sitting there like, where do I start? But that's a good thing. I want him to be in that situation of thinking like, where do I start? Because – it's so many guys that need chances in this offense that if you give them those chances to be successful, I feel like it makes it the offense way more explosive. Like it just makes it where it's harder to just cover everybody because you got a guy like Likely and you got a Mark, and then you could come back with a Zay Flowers or you could come back with an Odell and a Bateman and then kill him with Keaton up the middle and then Lamar can still hit you with his legs. It's like, well, where do I go? Where do I start? So I just feel like. That's the next level for Todd to get this offense to that point. Like, it was awesome to see yesterday they, they just terrorized the Seahawks. But I know this offense can go to another level because this offense, to me, needs to be to another level to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah, that they, they, get, they got another gear. Agreed, they can go to- yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Like, we – um. Like like you said, P and and Dell kind of chimed in. Like it's it's it, it was about the play calling yesterday. Like it, I I think that was some great play calling. Um, this is just like just the different things that they were able to do. Um, like I said, like you had Tyler. I mean, you had um, Isaiah Likely out there. Usually he's he's blocking. So like I so when I seen him split out, um, I, I think it was one formation where he was like. He might have been split out wide, and um, Pat Ricard was like in the in the slot, but it was like a skinny slot though. So I was like, okay, well, like that, that was that was different. So like I I I appreciate that. Like like we said a couple episodes ago, that Todd Martin needed to to, um, to go into his playbook, and and I, I think he's doing that. Um, Dell, was was there anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I I, I want to chime in on what um, Prolific said earlier. He said something about um, the Ravens' offense, and uh, I was thinking about you know just how you know we played, and then I think the way the offense is, you know, obviously when you play through the season, you don't want to show a lot of the other opponents your playbook. So you know, obviously, right. you, know, you don't want to show them your hand. Similar play. So now we started to open up the playbook. We're starting to see more usage, and it's just so interesting with the Ravens' offense that when you play these teams that they come in and expect to know how to play you, you're changing. And you know, we, I love the motion. That's what I wanted to also speak on the motion that we do with Zay Flowers, and now you add Keaton Mitchell speed, and you just switch up in the different positions that we saw yesterday. You know, it's just really exciting for the Ravens offense. I really think um, in the uh, later part of the season, hoping to see this playbook, just, you know, see the Raven offense and see what type of motion they use to try and confuse the defense. Because there's so much speed, like you were saying, there's so much speed out there. You really don't know where to start. So that that just opens up our offense in general. And that's so similar what we need to go to the playoffs because this these Kansas City, these uh, – you know, Buffalo Bills, 
they have these offenses, like these high-powered motor offenses that can run and just generate touchdowns. So, so Keaton, I've seen a question that you asked when you said, do you think that you think that John wasn't trying to show his hand about Keaton Mitchell? Okay. I guess towards that question, I feel like this is how I feel about John. I feel like John puts handcuffs on rookies too much at sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes you know the guy is just better and you need to play him. And I don't know what it was with Keaton, I guess because he was undrafted, so you didn't want to you wanted he had enough respect for Justice and Gus to play his vets more than playing the young well, guy. Yeah, I, feel like, only- I feel like the young guy, when he was healthy, what harm because because we were in a we were in a, a a a moment. I think it was like the the Titans game where we were in a moment where we were struggling in a running game and guys were fumbling, and we were trying to find a guy to actually be a a a a a, a, a back to help us out in the backfield, and and it was a it was a rough moment. So me and JB was on the show like, man, give Keaton a shot, like. What's the worst he can do? Fumble. If he fumble, okay. I mean, he's he's a rookie, but you got Justice Hill fumbling. They had King and Drake fumbling. Melvin Gordon, like everybody else was fumbling. But, so what's the difference? You know what I mean? And I felt right. like John wasn't giving him a fair shot. But then yesterday, he finally let him out the cage, and then you seen what you had. Man, but you knew you had it all right. this time. So but, that's kind of like I don't know. But see, I don't, I say I don't. I, I think it's partly that P. I, I think the other part of that is um, that I, I don't think that he's just doing it to him because it was a rookie. He's a rookie because he he did the same thing to um, Melvin Gordon. He does the same thing to Melvin Gordon, um, who's I, I think he's like on our practice squad still. But like he, if if you watch John Harbaugh's interview, he praises. Melvin Gordon, like every interview, so I'm like I'm confused because if you if you're giving him that much praise, why is he not on the sideline? Why is he not in the game? So I I, I think to um to what you were saying and to Dell's question, I I think that Harbaugh has a hard time getting out of his own way, and and what I mean by that is for him, you know, what I mean like the the saying of if it's don't bro- if it's not broke, then don't fix it. I think he's he's going to continue to go with what he usually knows, which is Gus the Bus and and Justice Hill, and 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 I think anybody who's watching the Ravens understood that Justice Hill can be more of a problem than a solution at times um, when on the field, and and you saw like we we watch. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Keaton Mitchell during preseason. I mean, yeah, during preseason. If you was lucky enough to watch him at East Carolina, like like he was a dog there. You, you, you know what I mean? So he like this this kid has been proven. I, I just think Hallball, because he's not as um familiar with him as far as, you know, putting him in there and let him um win the game. You know what I mean? Like I just think that he just set and set. And Harbaugh has a like he has a like a track record of doing that with guys. Good. Uh, you had anything else, but uh, yeah, I just want to agree. Yeah, Justin Hill has been a big problem. Just like not even in the running back position, but just in general since he's been with the Ravens. You know, always muffing. You know, 
usage and kickoffs and punt returns. And, you know, I mean, just he's never been able to fill the role that we have for him. And it, I feel like, like you said, with John Harbaugh's ways and how he is when he drafts guys and, you know, the way how the franchise is and just how we go about business, it's the respectful thing to do. And I think we need to start to get away from that, you know. And then that's what you see in, like, that's what I hear in just in general because I'm an Oklahoma fan as well. And I love this saying that Brent Venable says, and it's the competitive death. And that's what I feel like the Ravens have, and he's not going about the ways to use it right. And we have competitive death at the running back position, and he wasn't using it correctly. And it's just because of account of, you know, you have a – I feel like this is just more so from where the player is from. You know, he's from East Carolina. Uh, you know, that's a, a lower division school. He could look at it, you know, in any type of way. And in just a sense that maybe, you know, the guy doesn't have a much experience – playing against the NFL, you know, the more competitive, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. you put them out there, you know, you just think about these things when a coach and you, you put these guys through, you yeah. have these mm-hmm. veterans coming through, you're like, I'm not going to pay these veterans these money and you know, give the ball to a guy who's, you know, at a lower division school. But I mean, if you have the product, that's where we need to start, you know, looking in these areas and, you know, seeing these guys who can really go, you know, I feel like the Ravens, they love the draft from, you know, we don't ever take chances, I feel like, sometimes when it's in the draft. Definitely not. Stay safe. We put, some of the decisions we've been making for the last year always confuse me. When you have the talent that be out there and positions be available, you know, it's confused me when we draft, but it always seems to, you know, come full circle. So, you know, it's hard to just, you know, when you run in, it works. But, you know, I just really feel like the usage and the way we've been playing on our offense has been, in part, you know, John Harbaugh's fault. You know, you just look at what we had and, you know, the usage. I agree. We've been using Justice Hill for for a long time. He's had been showing. He's not changing. We've had multiple, you know, talented people that we've never really seen touch the field. You know, we have some that – are somewhat talented now and is still not touching the field. We don't see them, their usage. So, you know, I just look at every other offense and I always see that, you know, other teams are using their, you know, third and fourth receiver a little bit more than we are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that accounts to the fact that the Ravens tend to run the ball more, you know, they're in tight end set and usually with, um, you know, uh, just not having uh, – you know, multiple receivers on the field. That's, you know, we, we just started running offense like that this year, honestly. You know, that's we, we've been spreading the ball out so much more that you you have to rotate guys in because of fatigue at receiver position, not tight ends, you know, not extra linemen, you know, because that's what we've been running for the last couple of years. So we had a lot of talent that's not seeing the field just because of snaps at the position. And it's the loyalty that John gives these guys, too. He's very loyal to his players, which is cool. I understand that. But like you said, man, it's, if you got talent sitting on your bench and you know that that talent can help you, I don't understand why you're not using every inch of your talent. I mean, look, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they, they, try to, they try to cut every corner that they can use to put talent out there. So, like, that's, that's, a, that's a flaw in John's book that I've, uh, I've noticed a lot, too. He just he he doesn't want to put other players out there, man. He's loyal to a lot of these guys. Like to me, 
I, I mean, I get it. Justice Hill, you know what Justice Hill is really good at that I can get? Justice Hill is a very good special teams player. I respect that because that guy, he, he plays special teams well. He covers punts well. He covers the kickoffs well. He's really good at doing that. Like, if you really pay attention to what he does on special teams, he really does it well. He, he has a knack for that. He was good with it last year. He was one of their best special teams players. So that kind of, of course, you know who John is and you know what he likes. He's a special teams coach. So you know he's going to, like, hands to him a little bit more because that's something special to him because he was a special teams coach. So he likes those type of guys on his team. So, you know, he would cater to that guy a little bit more, which is it's quite obvious. So I just feel like sometimes I understand it, but sometimes you got the better guy sitting on your bench and you just got to play him. And, and to yesterday was quite obvious, you know what I mean? You know what you're going to get out of Keaton. He's going to keep bringing it. The kid hungry. He was like that at East, you know, East Carolina. He, he, I mean, he's a good back. Just give him a chance. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm glad to see yesterday he finally got his chance to be able to go out there and show John Harbaugh, like, listen, man, you got me sitting on this bench way too much. Like, let me loose. You know what I mean? Let me loose. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I think our J.K. Dobbins days are gone. I think that's it. I don't see J.K. Dobbins on his team next year. I just don't because you got to pay him one, and he's coming off another ACL injury. I just I that's knowing the Ravens organization, that's hard for me to see them going to pay pay him again. You know, with that next, I just don't see that. So it's it's about time to look towards your future and see what you got at running back. And if you don't like what you see out of Keaton, then you're gonna go into the draft and find you a running back. But if you just let him sit on the bench and don't let him play, how can you know what you have? You got you to gotta put him out there because you got decisions to make next year when it comes to running back because I think this is Gus last year. I think this is Justice last year on contract. So you need to know what you have at running back for your future too to know what you're going to do when it comes to the offseason. So I just think that this kid has to play a lot more. He really does. That is now, a good point right there. Huh? That is a key point right there, mentioning that you have to know what running backs you have now in order to know what you're going to draft. Because we're yeah. definitely, I feel like we're definitely taking a running back. So yeah, you know, with JK gone, he's out of the picture basically. Yeah, you no, know, he, he's gone. So you have to look and see what type of back you want to fill. Because Gus is successful, but in only one type of running style. So it's like you, you know, you want your offense to explode in this Tom Munkin offense. You want it to be more spread out. Gus doesn't fit that nature. It doesn't fit that nature of the offense. So, I mean, do you move on from something that's successful that John Harbaugh likes, the, you know, the, the power running game? Uh, but, you know, you, you have other backs that can fill that role as well. So, you know, you just have to really look at what, what's coming in the future. And like you said, if the guys are sitting on the bench and you, you're not playing them, you don't know what you have. And that's honestly the biggest point right here. Yeah. Go ahead, P. So, listen, quick thing, right? Yesterday, right? I'm watching. I'm watching the games yesterday, and <clears throat> and I was on Twitter talking to some of my friends on Twitter, and everybody called me crazy yesterday when I said, "To me, the Kansas City Chiefs are vulnerable." And when I look at them yesterday, they became more vulnerable to me when I watched them. I feel like their offense is not there. Their defense is playing great. But I feel like yeah. they're missing. To me, 
Kansas City missed their window of making trades to get receiver help. And I think that's their biggest weakness on their mm-hmm. team. They got a yeah. lot of young guys that's playing wide receiver over there. And I'm going to be honest with you, in the playoffs, when them young guys dropping balls in the playoffs, it don't look good and it gets in their head because this is high-pressure moments because it's win or go home. I don't know if Kansas City – I no, I'm not going to say I don't know. I don't believe that Kansas City goes back to the AFC Championship or the Bowl this year. I believe that Kansas City is an early exit this year. I just don't I don't see them being the same powerhouse that they have been. I think they have weaknesses. And to me, I believe that if you can stop Travis Kelsey in that offense, you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I just don't believe they have other guys that can beat you on their offense. And I watched that. I watched a lot of them yesterday. I mean, because we all got a chance to see them because they played at 930. But the, I think that they're not as good as we all think they are. So I right. feel like it comes down to the Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Kent and the mm. um, and the uh the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals. Between those three teams, somebody is going to come out of that and separate themselves. So I want to know how you guys feel about about what I just said there. So real quick, um, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to say this. I, I think uh, you hit it right on the head, P, pause. Like I think Kansas City's offense is on a decline, which is crazy because their, def- their defense is now on the incline. Like like the like what I saw from their defense, I'm like, oh, like I didn't I didn't remember seeing that um last season or even earlier um this season, like the first couple of weeks. Um so I, I I think I think teams are have figured out that if you shut down uh Travis Kelsey and um yeah, that that's basically it, Travis Kelsey. Right, you just shut him down and and make Pat Mahomes try to figure out how to link up with another one of these younger receivers. And like you said, um, come December, January, um, I, I don't, I, I just don't see those young guys making that, that stride to, you know, uh, of improvement. You know what I mean? I, I think, um, I don't know what scenario um, would have to play out for the Ravens and the Bengals to uh, wind up playing in the um, AFC Championship. But I, I I think that's probably more likely than anybody else. I'm not um, I, I'm not sure about Miami no more. Like, Miami has been up and down. Um, uh, everybody is now counting Buffalo out because they lost last night to the Bengals. Um, I, I just don't know whatever team in the AFC – um, that I will put. I, I don't think, I don't think Sunshine is is ready just yet down in Jacksonville. Um, I, I I just don't know. But I, I I mean I definitely have the Ravens going as um going far. Um, it's just de- depending on who we get matched up against. So that's all I gotta say about that. So what what you thinking, Del? Yeah. I agree. I, I feel like last couple of years, the matchup has been really bad for us. Um, we just always seem like we start uh, or end up with the, you know, the best team 
But if we can somehow secure, you know, maybe uh, first in the AFC North with the bye, I feel like, you know, Ravens' chances improve a lot. I feel like, you know, with the style of offense they have, you know, you just run the ball a lot, you know, that, that takes a lot of our team. So, you know, trying to go three games consecutive, winning, running that style and that high pressure, you know, atmosphere, I just feel like it's really hard type of team in this now type of age that we're playing football in to win those type of games. It's just really, you know, it's really difficult when you're playing, you know, competitive games back to back week to week. Uh, and the Ravens offense, you know, you know, we just always at the end, you know, always never perform. So, I mean, if we are able to perform in the next, you know, half of the season, I feel like we have a higher chance. You know, maybe if we see something from Jags, I feel like kind of lean Jags a little bit. Uh, I think Jaguars got a pretty good offense. And if they can start clicking, you know, I see them moving first downs a lot, especially with that defense. The defense is young, fresh. I feel like they got a lot of good underrated pass rushers. Uh, I feel like the uh, secondary is pretty good and talented. They got a good, uh, good safety, uh, pretty good safety defense. Uh, so other than that, I think you know, I think I I take Ravens going all the way to the bowl uh, this year if we can perform well. I, I, I think health, go ahead, P. I, I, I think health is going to have a whole lot to do with that. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, you're right. It is. That's going to be a big key to uh to to get into that to the get into that bowl. I mean, health is very important. Um, I feel like um that's one thing that's been killing the Ravens for a couple of years now is, is health. Like it always comes down to the health issue to where's though the reason why they're not you know making it far like they like you expect them to. So. I'm hoping this year that we don't have those issues and everything works out in our favor because I I believe that I just think the Ravens are long overdue. Um, it's been a long time coming. I think yeah. they finally got the right pieces at this moment. And I just think that it's time to wreck havoc. And I, and the mm-hmm. way the defense is playing today and everything, I just feel like everything is aligned for what they want to do. They just got to finish. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I so if they're able to finish, I think that everything will work out the way they want to, but they got to finish because um, yeah. it, it's just yeah. – it's, it's yeah, yeah, I just think they got to finish. So yeah. I, uh, go ahead, JB. No, I was going to say, like, I, I, I agree with you. The, and the, the thing that helps us out is, you know, our bye is week 13. So what, in like three more weeks, you understand? So – um that's gonna help us out tremendously like you know we wanna um we are a running team essentially right so that'll give um those running backs um lamar um our our defense um it'll give them uh a, a much needed rest um to deal with the back end of the season which is what we're gonna need need um I'm gonna knock on wood here, um, and I'm not gonna mention. I'm, I'm not gonna say it, but certain guys just need to stay healthy. Like if certain guys stay healthy, you, you know what I mean. Like the the really the sky's is the limit. And I I, I like Dell. I think he might have been the first person on this pod to put them in the Super Bowl. So like I I like that. 
Um, we, we shall see. I think I think it all comes down to the play calling and how much, uh, like how much are we gonna um, change it up? You know, we we had like nine different guys catch the ball yesterday, which was very impressive. But you you have to, like you said, you have to start narrowing it down and figure out how to get guys like Zay and Isaiah Likely involved uh, week to week. We can't have anybody be stagnant on the sideline, um, you know, playing this back half of the season. Yeah, I am. You know how I am about consistency. I think the Ravens still I, – I, I get it. This week they played well. I, I want to see it. I, I want to see it on a consistent basis. And, and and Lamar feels the same way too. So these guys really got to just start to become more consistent. You know, like I, I was super pissed off with the Cardinals game because they were just they, – they, they played horrible. They played down to their talent. They, they should have just blew the Cardinals out the water. You know what I mean? Then they come out and they smoke and they smoke the Seahawks, and, and we and we all back up high again. So I mean, we got the Browns this week. Consistency is what is what I need to see. So it's not. I don't want to come back down to a low. I want to stay stay on the high because I want you guys to be super consistent. You know, I've I've been preaching for weeks that I want to see sixty minutes of football. So I feel like the Ravens need to to to, to start to do that. You know what I mean? That's like a big thing. Like, I don't understand why they can't figure out how to do 60 minutes of football. It's like that simple. I mean, you just get out there, you play for 60 minutes and then, you know, we're good to go. But it seems to me that they still have issues with doing that. So hopefully this week, you know, we get, we get that and they just come out and just, and they be who they supposed to be. So, um, I think with that being said, guys, we probably gonna close out the pod for tonight. Um, it was it was special to have have my, my guy Dell come in and, and talk with Ravens with us. Um, uh, I've been waiting for him to come on for weeks now. We finally got him to come on, so I'm glad that he was able to come on and speak your piece because this was a good part to come on. You know, after a great victory against those Seahawks, um, we got the Browns coming up this week, guys. So um, I'm thinking third, when, uh, probably Thursday. We're going to come back and we're going to um, break down the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens. I mean, I know we broke it down early in the season, but I expect the Cleveland Browns to come back with some wrinkles and some different things. And then not only that, too, we'll be seeing Deshaun Watson this time because the last time we didn't see Deshaun Watson. So this time we'll be seeing Deshaun Watson. So I think this will be a def- a, definitely a different matchup compared to what we've seen when we played against, uh, I forget the cat's name. It was a rookie that had a, a DTR. DTR. Yep. Yeah, so this would be a chance for us to see them against Deshaun Watson because last year Lamar didn't play against Deshaun Watson. It was Tyler Huntley because Lamar was hurt at that time. So this would be Lamar versus Deshaun Watson on Sunday. So we'll get a chance to break that down and, and give our keys to success and what we think that uh, we could do to win that game. So before I close out, guys, is there any more remarks or anything you guys want to talk about before we roll out tonight? Uh, Ravens continue to play well, man. Like just, just continue to play well and improve each week. You know what it is. Um, just want to say I'm really looking forward to the Sunday night game. Like you said, man, uh, 
Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson is going to be some football to, to see. Uh, definitely going to see. I, I definitely think it'll be a, a very good game. Um, I can see us winning the game, honestly. You know, I still think you know without Nick Chubb in their offense, it's definitely going to be different, and it'll be uh, them trying to perform that offense against the Ravens. And, you know, as a rivalry game with a lot of intense emotions. So I just really feel like what we got going on and what we're trying to do. I think we can definitely, you know, take the win over them again. Yeah, I see you on that one. Um, I think my biggest concern, like I was telling you off air, is that I just want the Ravens to get out of this game healthy um, because I want them to come out of this game healthy to be able to be ready for the Cincinnati Bengals because that Cincinnati Bengals game is going to be huge. I think that's, to me, honestly, I, I believe that Cincinnati Bengals game is probably going to be for the division. So yep. I think I think that the Ravens need to get out of that. They need to get out of this game on Sunday healthy. Uh, I think it's very important that they get out of this game healthy because – A healthy win. A healthy win um, and it, because it's a quick turnaround. You know what I mean? We play Sunday yep. and then you turn around and you play Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Bengals, I'll, I'll so, be at that game. Yeah. I, actually, I'm going to the game on Sunday. So, okay. um, I, I definitely want them to come out healthy, though. But, um, yeah, we're going to close the part out tonight, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we broke down the Ravens versus Seahawks. I hope you guys had a great weekend and you enjoyed the victory that the Ravens had on Sunday. I know it was an exciting game, and I know you guys enjoyed it. Um, so I'm glad you guys came out and listened tonight. And I uh, hope we gave you enough information and what you thought about what we talked about tonight. Yeah, man, it was it was it was good tonight. Um, great victory. Now we on to the Browns. So um, you know, you can catch us on Spotify and Apple. Uh, that's where we are. Uh, you can leave comments, like I said before, because when you leave comments, we're able to actually respond back to any comments that you guys have. Because you guys might have different ideas than what we have too. Because you guys, everybody sees the game differently. So you know what I mean. It's always good to have other comments and listen to other people and what they have to say. So, but with that said, being said, guys, we're going to close out the show tonight. Uh, peace out and have a good night. Mahalo. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Holla. Nobody can stop.